0: hi
1: hi
0: you are listening to the speaking english podcast i'm evan i'm addy and today is episode 25
1: yay and what episode of the book club three
0: i I was just wondering that i think it's three. no it's four book club four it is we did the yeah the schizophrenias and Mm -hmm. eileen and kafka on the shore And now, Masker and Margarita (laughs) by Mikhail Bulgakov. Uh, This might have been the first Russian book I've ever read. I can't think of any that come to mind.
1: This is the second Russian book I've read, and they are so similar in tone and theme. I feel like I understand Russia now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) There you go, <laughs> red, red, red wine, red Um, but before we get into that, how has your week been?
1: It's been long. <laughs> Things are just not super fun right now, to be honest.
0: I completely agree.
1: Good. Well, I'm glad we're in this together.
2: <laughs> yeah
0: anything noteworthy
1: no just working and doing school and getting through the days what yeah. My yeah. yeah
0: yeah kind of the same except um boulder is back under quarantine
1: really completely
0: we got quarantined too kind of it's yeah. um it's so they don't want to shut down campus so this is what they're doing to try to prevent it Okay. it's essentially just a stay at home order but like you can leave to go to class to go okay. to the grocery store or to go to work or if for some reason the rec is still open
1: interesting
0: so you can also go to the rec but uh it would be a, like I wouldn't mind as much except my birthday falls into the two-week window mm. so I don't think I'm going to do anything be able to do anything for my birthday Uh, Except record this podcast, which I was planning on not, I was skipping that week because I was going to be doing something, but there's nothing to do now. So we will have an episode next week.
1: Well, that's exciting.
0: That's the silver lining.
1: My birthday Um, was kind of the same way because it was back in July. So there just wasn't anything
0: to do. Yeah. Although, I don't know, July was kind of like a little more relaxed, right?
1: I don't, I mean, I guess but like it was like, yeah. it was like this stigma, like, I was like, I cannot take a bunch of my friends out. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> would
1: not be socially acceptable in any way.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, I see that. Um, I'm just kind of bummed because I thought I was going to have like a few friends over, like two or three people over to my house. But
1: mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. that's really hard. That I don't you think do I can that. do that really. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, but, we'll do something um, special on
0: the pod. All right, sounds good. You
1: and I both get cake individually, and we eat it <laughs> together on the pod.
0: Yeah, that could be cool. That sounds fun. Okay, let's make it happen.
2: Sounds
1: um,
0: good. But my little list this week, which was actually kind of fun, I got some good ideas for this one. But it's just quarantine movies, I guess. Okay. Um, where it's like kind of from a sense of like isolation. Um in one way or the other and also like i found that these are good movies to watch during court qu- like a quarantine when you can't mm-hmm. like don't have anywhere to go or anything to do or anything okay um so the first one is rear window um have you seen? i know you haven't because you've only seen a few hitchcock movies but mm-hmm. basically the main character has broken his leg okay. and um is confined to his house and all of the action takes place from what he can see from the rear window.
2: Oh, that's really neat.
0: And it's a bit of a mystery thriller just based on what he sees just through his window and kind of, I don't know, rear window is probably my favorite is between that and vertigo is my favorite hitchcock movies just because the what he does in rear window is kind of like a commentary on like voyeurism and really Mm -hmm. watching the movies Mm -hmm. because the james stewart character is meant to be the audience and his window is like the screen um so there's like all sorts of fun stuff and like subtext of that kind of theme of it and just makes it for a very interesting watch Is a really special movie, and uh, I recommend everyone to check it out. But that's definitely one that's kind of like the perspective never changes from you know this guy's apartment, even though the action is all outside of it, pretty much. Um, So that's a very interesting dynamic, and I think perfect for a quarantine
1: movie. Yeah, definitely.
0: Next on the list is a Wong Kar Wai certified hood classic (laughs) called in the mood for love (laughs) which came out in my birth year of the great year of 2000 um and it's actually going to be touring in a new 4k print around i don't know how it's going to work if like theaters are open again and stuff but it's that one is less of a physical quarantine but it's about um feelings that you can't act on and being trapped and not be able to exit your house in that sort of way um, so i think it fits fits the vibe um and anyone who's seen it let me know if that sounds right to you <laughs> because i think it's a very quarantini movie Nice. Um, yeah, I need to rewatch that sometime. It's been a while since I saw it, and it's one of the best.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, love Kar Wai love him, good guy. <laughs> um, and my last one is or just another because a bunch I thought of like the f- first three because I usually do three for these. The mm-hmm. first three came to mind really quickly, so there's probably a bunch more that I haven't even mm-hmm. thought about. But my third one is a movie called In Bruges uh written and directed by martin mcdonough and this movie is so fun but then also like pretty deep and you don't necessarily realize it if you're not paying attention like the first time i saw it i was like ah funny movie nice (laughs) the second time i saw it i was like wow this is crazy um but basically there's these two hitmen that have to lay lay low in bruges belgium Mm -hmm. and so, although it's not really quarantine, they're like supposed to just lie low in the hotel, but they really like go out and like sightseeing and stuff. And mm-hmm. it turns into this whole other thing. But I think the like original kind of something went wrong, we just got to lie low and not go anywhere. I think that's kind of like a quarantine vibe. And then mm-hmm. the places the movies go, the movie goes is like very different. But uh, I think it fits for this kind of category. And, There's uh, If you find yourself in in quarantine too this week because you live in Boulder, um, (laughs) I think those would be three movies to check out.
1: Very nice. The movie I, I thought of when you were talking about these was by which I've talked about on the podcast before. I personally hate that movie, but I've been seeing a lot of people talk about it recently and saying that they really enjoyed it. So it might just be me and maybe you should give it a chance, but it, it is about a family or a couple specifically who gets like very much trapped in a suburban neighborhood alone and in one house specifically, and they can never escape. Um, so it, I, yeah, it, it applies. It, yeah. it is spooky. It it, get, it really captures that like eerie claustrophobic feeling. So if you're looking for that, maybe I'd recommend that movie to you, even though it's not good.
0: Gotcha. That was like, you, you cut out when you are saying it. Is it the oh. Vivarium?
1: Vivarium, yeah. Okay. The one with Jesse Eisenberg.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought you were talking about, but like you cut out a little bit. Just wanted to <laughs> make it clear. But yeah, gotcha. Um. So last week we mentioned that we wanted to address the topic of Trail Like movie trailers that
2: mm-hmm.
0: were particularly cool or mm-hmm. like memorable, I guess, mm-hmm. so just like thinking about it recently, there are three or four, three, and an honorable mention that come to my mind
1: okay, well, my most recent favorite that i I think I mentioned last week, I think this is why this came up is um I'm thinking of ending things, which mm-hmm. is the new horror movie um, on Netflix and I just I I read the book and then I watched the movie trailer and I can't get over like how well the trailer captures the spooky vibe of the story but also y- you can tell that like the movie's going to go in its own direction you know and the way that the movie just like flows or the trailer flows together and is like kind of cut between like thoughts I don't know I just think it's so good.
0: Yeah, for sure. We're watching that for next week, right?
1: Yeah, and plan? you have read the book, right? No, you didn't want to. I think it'll be fun then to watch the movie and talk about it from somebody who hasn't read the book and somebody who has.
0: Okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, so my first one—I I didn't order these, so this is in no particular order. But I think I'll start out with uh, *Under the Silver Lake*.
1: That was on my list too. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I go back and watch that trailer like fairly often
1: it's so much funnier after seeing the movie
0: that's like, true too yeah Yeah. but also with like the Violent Femme song over it yeah I think it's just so I don't know I, I like how that song isn't even in the movie I yet, know but I still have that on like my songs for movies playlist nice just because whenever I hear it, I think about the movie just because like the trailer is so good <laughs> That's like that's all that's all of my trailers have like a specific song attached to them that I think mm-hmm. just goes so well with it and elevate it. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, under this I watch that trailer so often. I need to rewatch the movie because when you saw it, I didn't rewatch it. So it's been a little bit longer since I've seen it.
1: I really enjoyed it. And yeah, that trailer, it just cracks me up. The way that it just doesn't really tell you what the movie is actually about at all. Yet it,
0: yet it like shows you a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It is so cool. It's such a well-done trailer.
0: Yeah, I completely agree.
1: One that I've been watching a lot, and this might just be because the movie hasn't come out yet, so I just keep going back to the trailer, is um, The French Dispatch. yeah. But the trailer is so, so good. And it just, all Wes Anderson trailers are like that. They just have like the quirkiness. But this one, I think, is maybe the best of all of that so far. It's just like the epitome of a Wes movie. And Timothy Chalamet, like riding on the back of a motorcycle into the sky, it just makes me so happy. I really
0: like that one. That's fun. Yeah, I agree. I've watched that one more than once just when I thought about it, these are the three that came to mind. Um, The next one is Blue Velvet. Um, And I don't think it's the original trailer. I think it's like some re-release for it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, I don't know exactly. Maybe I'll look it up and try to find it. But there's like a specific trailer for like a re-release or something that's just so, I don't know. It just gets you. I've watched it so many times. That's another one. They use like two of the songs from the movie um and like parts of it that were the actual scene where the song is used but they just they're like so tied to the movie and it goes so well that even though I I saw the trailer before I watched the movie but now going back and like watching the trailer after as well it's also just very Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like it adds a whole new thing and it's just so perfect
1: that's awesome
0: um, and then my last one is another one. Or did you have Did you have any others? No, go ahead. Um, my last one is also one that I don't know if it's the official trailer or not because I've seen like different versions. Mm-hmm. But the Watchmen trailer with the one Smashing Pumpkin song on it. Yeah. Oh, man. I go back and watch cool. that a lot still.
1: That is such a good one.
0: That's another one where like the song just goes with it so well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's like a... I think that's a cover that they did of a different song. I don't know. It just works so well with the trailer and like all the slow, like the slow motion, like screenshots that yeah, like is yeah. basically like most of that movie. Cause like trying to match like specific panels. Mm-hmm. It just works so well in that trailer. And like, mm-hmm. I watch it a lot still.
1: One that I haven't watched in a minute, but that really like just compelled me a lot when it first aired is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I remember seeing that trailer and being like, I think that this is going to be my new favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I maybe like the trailer more than the movie. <laughs> I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, the trailer for that. One. I just, Yeah, that's another one that I guess when it, there's like specific ones that when they first drop, like before the movie comes out, and you just like obsessively rewatch them.
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: exactly. there's, then I guess, and then then there's those others that uh after you've seen the movie, you still go back and watch the trailer. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I love a good trailer. It really yeah. is an art all all on its own.
0: I agree. Yeah. Anyone watching, go watch your favorite trailer after you're <laughs> done listening to this episode. But uh yeah. So um let's get into book club, shall we?
1: Let's do it.
0: Cool. So this week we or this month, I guess, like month and a half or however long it's been. We read Yeah,
1: it's been a minute.
0: The Master and Margarita by Mikhail Volgakov. Man, what a wild ride.
1: Absolutely crazy.
0: It was such I, a fun read though.
1: I loved it. Like I just want to say that right off of the bat. I think it was so good.
0: I agree. I really liked it. I don't know about quite loved it just because there's I feel like there's a lot that just didn't get to me, like that I didn't mm. know. Like there's probably like connections, like metaphors that like I just didn't really get. Yeah, loved kind of just going through it along for the ride, especially the second half of it. Like,
1: yeah, I was just gonna say I wouldn't give this a perfect like five out of five, and I probably wouldn't call it an all time favorite just because there were so many moments, especially in the first half, that just like lost my attention <laughs> I was just like do I actually care about what's going on but then the way that it just comes together yeah really makes it worth it
0: that's very true yeah the like the first I guess most of the first book was just mm-hmm. like a compilation of like my worst fears <laughs> just <laughs> happening slipping on like,
1: sunflower oil and getting beheaded you maybe
0: that not awesome. that necessarily but like just like things happening and like consequences stemming from them that were like pretty much completely out of my control. Interesting. It seemed like the people were like getting punished, but not necessarily directly for like, it's just things that like, you don't know, like something that I don't know that I'm doing is wrong.
2: Mm. And then
0: causing like these permanent consequences on my life that I just Uh feel like completely helpless. Like that's that just made me very uncomfortable reading. It's like...
1: Interesting.
0: And then it's also weird that as the book went on, I liked the trickster characters like a lot better. I was having a lot yeah, more fun with that's them. That's
1: exactly what I was going to say. Okay, should we give a synopsis before mm-hmm. we really get into it?
0: Um, Yes, but only if you want to take care of it. <laughs> okay. I don't know what I would say. I can add anything that I think. <laughs>
1: um so the master and margarita is a russian classic and it's two books that are like the same story but i believe that they were published separately if i'm not mistaken i think oh, okay. that the first book came out a good while before the second half of the book did and the first half of the book is basically a collection of stories where the devil comes to moscow to wreak havoc on the citizens there. And the,
0: mess with everything.
1: Mess with everything and everyone. And multiple people die because of it. <laughs> um, but also magic shows happen, and we meet a lot of fun characters along the way. Um, but the goal of the first half of the book was really to comment on like the communist state of Russia at the time. Um, it's it's very much like political commentary and metaphors. It's very like metaphorically dense. Like this book is seriously layered and you can think about it forever. <laughs> and then the second half of the book continues the first story and also kind of wraps it up in a way that's a lot more like, I don't know, it's like one flowing story in the second half instead of little stories. Where, yeah. You know, interactions with people the way it is in the first half and in the second half of the book you finally get to meet the book's namesakes the master and margarita who is a beautiful witch and uh you get to watch what happens to them specifically when they meet the devil and they're kind of these clever true artist types who the author is sort of saying uh, they're like free thinkers which is really what the author wants you to be to To kind of think above like the bureaucracy of life and especially of com- communist Russia. Um, so you get to watch them sort of like bargain and strike a deal with the devil and go on living.
2: Kind
0: of.
1: Kind of. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I will say though, we did get introduced to the master in the first book.
1: That's true. That <laughs> is true. You get to meet him while he's in a mental hospital <laughs> briefly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And you hear about Margarita, but you don't Yeah. her. Yeah. Um, yeah, the first, like most of the first book, I knew there was commentary on, you know, like these people getting punished, but mm-hmm. a lot of like the specifics kind of went over my head, I think. Mm-hmm. And it's I, tough because... I
1: don't um, know. Go ahead.
0: Sorry. Communist Russia is just so far from my frame of reference. Like, I yeah. don't know what the priorities were. And I think this book, since... Did you read the introduction to it?
2: Because
0: it's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I did. It's been a while since I read it, but there's a lot about how, like, it's a small miracle that this book got published.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. The master's story with the way that he burned his manuscript after he couldn't get it published. Um, that's a little bit, that's like autobiographical. That's kind of the same thing that happened to the actual author.
0: Gotcha. Um, but manuscripts don't burn.
1: The (laughs) manuscripts.
0: I got really hyped when I saw that line. I
1: know me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, yo. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot of like the first book, I was just trying to keep names together and figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. And there was like some of the people like getting punished and like running into all these problems Mm -hmm. that I kind of felt bad for. Some of them I didn't at all. Yeah. And, some, and some I was like, is that really, like, <laughs> no. did he deserve this or whatever? So I think that's where it's like kind of like an interesting, like, moral barometer test of the year, which I think is cool. Uh, I
1: Yeah, this, this, like, question of morality throughout the whole book is so interesting. And I think, like, the moment that touched on that theme that stood out to me the most is when margarita is in woland the devil's home and he and she's entertained the whole night so he's like what do you want and she's like what she really wants is the master back but what she says is i want you to grant mercy to frida so she can stop suffering and woland's like i can't give mercy and you're too kind and then she's like i'm not actually kind i just made a promise that i don't want to break." I was like that is so funny yeah it's such such, like an interesting commentary on like why do we do good things is anybody actually compassionate that kind of question
0: yeah for sure and I definitely thought like kind of the interplay between like the devil and Mm -hmm. like I guess Jesus is a very minor character in in here as far as like representation um But we get very deep into the psyche of one Pontius Pilate.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, uh, There's like one like kind of epithet he was described as over (laughs) and over again, like the procurator of of Jerusalem or whatever. Um, But I think it's interesting how it doesn't take, like it it presents these religious figures, Mm -hmm. but really doesn't talk about them in a religious way or like from the, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's religion. like strictly a morality perspective on it. Which I
0: think is interesting, especially because, you know, being published like within Soviet Russia, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the state like repressed religion and kind mm-hmm. of it went away. And I think that's interesting that that's like one of those things that is probably is a product of, you know, like the context of when it was published and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because even like today, I I, I think that... um you know it's it would become more of a thing of like when you use like religious characters and symbols Mm -hmm. I think at least like being published in like the contemporary world it would seem like a lot of people would want it to be more like read it as like a religious commentary yeah but I think it's very clear that it wasn't really yeah
1: yeah I completely agree with that and that's just such an interesting thing to do
0: (laughs) I agree. Yeah. And it really kind of gave me a little bit of like perspective on certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I think, I think the, the best example of that is kind of how we l- learn about all the the goons.
1: Yeah. Well, um, and screw.
0: <laughs> yeah. The squad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got big cat. <laughs> we got naked vampire lady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just think it's so it's they're like at first it's just kind of horrifying because they just roll up and just cause all this like just panic and commotion and like ruin people's lives. <laughs> but then when you meet them like with Margarita,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's they're just they're fun and they're they're
1: so funny.
0: They just do whatever. Um and I think this is something I was thinking about when I was reading it. A lot of it is through the even though it's like, it's third person the whole time, but a lot of the descriptions are kind of channeled through this, whatever the subject is of the chapter. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why, you know, in the first book, there's like a lot more kind of negative and like lots of like crazy things unexplained and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that feeling, but then when Margarita's going and experiencing all this stuff, like the descriptions are the same but it's very like ob- objective and like kind of chilled out about it and like not a big deal
1: mm-hmm. and i just
0: really like the way it did that cuz it's it's just saying these things just that you just ha- kind of have to take it face value and like if you just accept it and roll with it like it's fine <laughs> at least for her like it, for her it's fine and that's like the perspective that we see
1: yeah I totally agree with that. And I, like, love it. Like, I just think that that is such a fun theme to explore. And it just, like, this idea that life is here almost to amuse you. (laughs) You Yeah. yeah, Like, I just really enjoy that. And um, I really like the way that, like, goodness and evil aren't (laughs) – aren't like seen as objectively like good or bad, even though they like are in this book, there's almost this blend. And the book ends with this like conversation between Jesus and the devil, where they both agree that the master and Margarita should have peace because they love each other. And it was just so cool that it was just like good and bad, this mutual respect for life and for love. And both of them have to exist to like grant this peace and this happiness I just really enjoyed that.
0: I agree. That was very comforting. Yeah. Like, I think honestly, this book, like reading this book really helped me out. <laughs> <laughs> just like to not care as much about stuff and like, yeah. you know.
1: I agree. Like it, the whole theme is really just that like life is fun.
2: <laughs> Good yeah. Things
1: and bad things are fun. And Both I really fun, wanted yeah. to bring up um, another book that I read, also a Russian book, a gentleman in Moscow, which I oh, talked about right, a lot yeah. before because I read it while we were doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really similar tone of just like whimsy for just like amusement with life, no matter what's going on. Um, I would highly recommend that you read this book. I think that you would really like it. But there is one line in it that I found because I really wanted to read it on the pod because it really reminded me of a master of margarita. Life is every bit as devious as death. It, too, can wear a hooded coat. It, too, can slip into town, lurk in an alley, or wait in the back of a tavern for you. And I just really like that. That that is
0: great. I love that.
1: (laughs) And it was just so true. Life is as devious as death. Everything is tricky and fun. Yeah. It sneaks up on you.
0: That's fun. I really... I should check out more like Russian literature in general.
1: I think so too because I just like this stuff. <laughs> I think like about life.
0: Yeah. I'm I like have not looked into like pre like Soviet Russia like mm-hmm. a whole lot, but I mm-hmm. I'm pretty interested in that cuz I like now I am because yeah. um like at the end of last semester in film history, mm-hmm. uh, we watched a movie called Russian Ark, which is basically uh, a take like one shot hour and a half long movie that just goes through this museum kind of mm-hmm. dedicated to like tsarist russia mm-hmm. um and it, it's so cool because it's like set in a museum and it's like there's there's like a couple characters that are like wandering through these different like ages and stuff
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it's insanely like ambitious and incredibly like just such like a Like a landmark movie, but also done super well, and like it evokes such a, like, a thing of like pride in this lost world Mm -hmm. of like Tsarist Russia, and that just, I don't know, it makes me a lot more interested. Just (laughs) from the things from Russia that I've seen,
1: I'd like to check out more too, and especially because it's honestly just not a part of the world that we learn about in school.
0: That yeah, that's really true.
1: Yeah, I just remembered that line from a gentleman in Moscow about how life is devious and life will sneak up on you really reminded me of this line from the master margarita, which I just found it's when you first meet the master in the hospital and he's talking about margarita and how they met. And Mm -hmm. then he says, love leaped out in front of us, like a murderer in an alley.
2: (laughs) There you go. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Funny, but it's the exact same concept and it's just an idea that really brings me a lot of happiness.
0: I agree completely. Yeah, I underlined a lot of stuff in that.
2: Nice.
0: Same interaction. Yeah, it's interesting how the Ivan homeless character kind of, because they talked about that in the introduction too, that he's there the the whole story in the first chapter and at the very end too. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting, but I didn't know what it meant at all, really.
1: I, I don't really know either. Like, why is he, of all people, like one of the sole survivors of this book? yeah Why does I mean I think
0: there's only two people that really died
1: I guess but just a I, lot
0: of lives were ruined
1: yeah yeah you exactly know? and well I guess you could maybe argue that Ivan's life is ruined too he's like in the hospital yeah
0: well he got out at the end yeah so <laughs> the, just ep- kind of- the epilogue was very comforting to me also <laughs> yeah. Even though even though i talked about a lot of people whose lives were ruined forever. Yeah. But like not completely ruined, changed forever. But like Yeah. After, after a period of time they were able to, you know, still continue with their life. And I think that's a common thread. And I don't know if this connects at all, but mm-hmm. like just people who go through like such harrowing stuff mm-hmm. or like lose a limb or like lose their vision or whatever. Yeah. Um, but are like still able to find like a a still happy life just with completely different circumstances. Yeah. I think that's, it was comforting that that was a possibility given to, to most of the people (laughs) who fell victim to Woland and his goons.
1: If it didn't, the master ask Ivan to write the second part of the Pontius Pilate story, because the devil was like, somebody has to finish this book and the master was like, "Well, it's not going to be me."
0: <laughs> oh well, okay. So there's that at the very end of the epilogue. Yeah. Um, he comes. The master comes to Ivan in the dream and says, "That's how it ends."
1: Oh and yeah. He goes, "Oh,
0: that's how it ends."
1: Oh yeah. Okay, you're right.
0: <laughs> Which I thought was a great way to end the book. Yeah. Because Ivan is objectively still alive. The master and <laughs> Margarita. Who knows?
1: Like vaguely. <laughs>
0: Like, I don't know if they're alive or not. I,
1: I really don't know. It depends
0: don't. on how you define it, I think.
1: There was that really funny line where um the the master thinks that he's dead, and then somebody in Wallen's gang, I can't even remember who it is now, is like, you think you have to live in an apartment and wear a shirt to be alive? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> <that's funny. laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. What did you think of the... um? The whole ball at Satan's chapter.
1: It was so entertaining. I really enjoyed reading it. But, but I was really just wondering, like, what what are they doing to Margarita? And I'm still not entirely sure. Yeah. Like, why did she I don't know. What was the whole point of her becoming their like queen for the night and entertaining all these guests? Was it like a test for her?
0: Yeah. Just That's
1: sort
2: of
0: specific stuff kind of I don't understand. Yeah. But yeah. They did, they did mention that it was like Every year, he throws one of these balls, and it's always it's someone always in margarita <laughs> from yeah. the city that we're in. <laughs> we just talked to like, or we just found like 114 margaritas, and they all sucked. <laughs> and then you showed
1: up. That is so funny. I thought that was great. Yeah, I guess they were just seeing how far they could push her to to like gain her loyalty or her trust, and and they rewarded her with what she wanted, but. I just am not entirely sure like why and what was the deal with how many different specific stories were told in that chapter. Like a lot of that I wouldn't, I need to dissect further. I
0: think. Yeah. That's probably another one of those things of like the characters that they introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of reading the Inferno Dante's Inferno. Yeah. yeah. Just like every character, there's like a footnote of like a paragraph or two of like the historical context behind yeah. this and what he's saying by it. <laughs> I feel like it might've been like a case like that where
2: yeah, might you might know, be right.
0: highlighting different things that, because that definitely em- emphasis, emphasized, um, in the Inferno, it emphasized, um, you know, things that Dante, it was just like, what what Dante was like, thought was worse sins than others and highlighting those specific I, things. And it, yeah. even though like, the specifics on it were sometimes confusing, like it was clear the structure of it. Mm-hmm like the deeper in hell you go the worse the sin like um but with this one it was kind of more nebulous like I wasn't I wasn't sure exactly what was going on
1: yeah it was super vague
0: but I just loved the whole vibe of it me
1: too it's like yeah.
0: kind of spooky, but like in a comforting way, which is yeah. the best.
1: Yeah, in like a glamorous way. Like yeah. these jewel pools and stuff. And you, just, I don't know, I felt like you could just really picture this fall in your mind. And it's such a weird image to have. Like it's not something I ever would have come up with on my own. So it was just really fun. And I just love Margarita. Like I just liked reading her story.
0: Yeah, she's a very like interesting and likable character. Yeah. And the <laughs> like the relationship between the master and Margarita—it's mm-hmm. just so cool. Like,
1: no, it, it's so pure.
0: Like that's the version of true love that is like actually makes sense.
1: I know. I you agree. Know? <laughs> I completely. It just didn't feel cheesy at all. Somehow. Yeah, Even exactly. Even though so much of Margarita's story is like just pining after the master and and like hoping she can find him again there it just there wasn't any corniness to it yeah you just genuinely believe right from the get-go that she just loves this guy and is so proud of him and like the work he does and just believes in his dream and wants to support him and it's just so like delightful <laughs> I yeah up.
0: i think i think it starts out when you first meet the master he's mm-hmm. like
1: yeah that's true and he's I'm the master yeah. <laughs> okay
0: but what's your name i don't know, I'm, know that
1: I'm just, one. <laughs> give I'm that the up master.
2: <laughs> yeah which is so
0: cool like yeah i feel like that's like someone some someone or something that you know artists can connect with yeah yeah the master yeah, it's
1: cool that you, he just doesn't have a name like he's he's more of an artist than a person under communism mm-hmm. <laughs> i think is the purpose of that
0: for sure yeah um and i think that's kind of interesting with Ivan the poet because mm-hmm. he's like well regarded and stuff I don't know mm-hmm. you know in what the circles there's it was kind of confusing like how all the characters are connected because mm-hmm. there's like this one place that's like a restaurant but that's where the writers hang out or something yeah and there's another it's like the theater yeah um so like I, I kind of just got confused of like which characters belong to whoever and uh or wherever and um Right. Let me just say, how come like everyone in this book had like three names?
2: I don't know. They
0: had like they had like a first name and a last name, right? And then there was like another name that like just replaced that. Like it was either it was either just the one word, or it was their full first and last name. Until I I kind of figured it out. Like that confused me so much.
1: I know. I was really lost a couple of times too, especially in the Pontius Pilate story, because for a hot minute I was like, who's hegemon? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? But then you realize it's the same like, guy.
0: call me hegemon.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I should figure that out in
0: another, like, because I, I figured that out like two days ago when I was pretty much done with the book. Nice. Because uh, they're talking about like what hegemony meant. Oh. And like, that's like, the best, like most powerful or whatever.
2: Oh, okay. So
0: and him making Jesus call him that and Jesus as well as like everyone else. It was like, yeah. I'm the authority here. Like call like when you address me, call me hegemon. Oh,
2: okay. okay.
0: So like having known that now, like it makes more sense. But the first time I saw that, I was like, huh?
1: It's like it looks like a name. It's like (laughs)
2: I don't know. Yeah,
1: there were quite a few parts of this book that were challenging to read and just, yeah. just like confusing in like a very basic way, but...
0: I agree, but... Uh, <laughs>
1: it's worth it to kind of struggle through, I think.
0: Yeah, um, but the point I was, I think I was making was about like how Ivan is like this poet who's like well-respected mm-hmm. and then he ends up in the mental hospital and talks mm-hmm. to the master and he's like, I am class. not going to be a poet anymore. <laughs> The
1: master's like, stop writing poetry. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. That probably meant something, but I don't know.
1: I actually looked that one up because I was so confused. I was like, why did the master just tell this guy to not write poetry anymore when he's like also a writer? So I looked that up like on SparkNotes, uh-huh. And they explained that at the time in Russia, everything was so censored. So because... Ivan was like well known. It meant his poems were being published and if they were being published then they were extremely inauthentic Okay. and could slip by the censors. And that's why the master is like, nothing you're writing is worthy of thought. Like there's just nothing original here.
0: Okay. Yeah. I thought it was something kind of along those lines. Yeah. But I think that's kind of what I was getting at when I was like, he's like well known and respected in this. Right. Book. And I think that honestly shines through and just from the very beginning, the first chapter.
2: Mm-hmm. Or I guess I, the
0: first three are kind of the same sequence of events. Yeah. But uh, where these two intellectuals are like, no, the devil can't be real.
1: I know. You have to read so much of this like, kind of pseudo-intellectual conversation. And I was like, is this what the whole book is going to be? But then one <laughs> of them gets his head cut off. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm back on board. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: I, yeah, I love that whole conversation because, like, having read this synopsis, I had a pretty good idea of who it was arguing for the existence of the devil.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh my God. The amount of jokes that the devil and his crew make about, like, oh, like, the, well, it's in the devil's hands now. <laughs> I know.
0: I know. I was, I was going to mention that at some point. But, uh,
1: it made me laugh every time. It's like, not it's, even just it's them. Difficult. It's
0: like in the like a lot of other people say that. And then yeah. when, when the other people are saying that when they're around, they're, they're like, oh, oh, really?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, the devil does know. <laughs> it was so funny. This book had such a good just like sense of humor to it. Yeah, for Very sure. Very witty. And I liked it a lot.
0: I agree. <laughs> um, a lot of it kind of reminded me of um, Spirited Away. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah.
1: There <laughs> so are a lot of just like mysterious figures around. Just like random
0: stuff happens and like yeah. you're kind of thrown, like in Margarita's case, although yeah. very different from like what Chihiro goes through. Right. Like it gave me the same kind of vibe of just being like, this is the ball at Satan's.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and all this stuff is happening. And there are these fun, lovable characters that take you in and are like joking around with
2: you.
1: Yeah. It was so uh,
2: good.
1: I'm really glad that we read this one.
0: I am too. Yeah, I thought. Do you have anything to say about kind of at the end where they all ride off in their horses through the air? And like,
1: I think that that's supposed to like imply the four horsemen.
0: Yeah. Exactly. No. I yeah. I saw that for sure. Okay. But uh, yeah, I guess that would be like something that you'd have to like research about because like it talked about sp- how each character like specifically like melted away and came on like this new countenance.
1: Yeah. I thought yeah. That was interesting. Even the master. That part I thought was a little bit confusing. I was like, why does the master have a new look to him? But Margarita yeah. doesn't. Like, I thought, yeah. I don't
0: know. Well, Margarita said, like, it was kind of like third person limited. And she's like, Margarita couldn't see herself, but she could see. Oh, that. that's true. Um, Maybe she did change. Yeah. So I thought that was it. But I thought it was interesting how, like, the cat turned into a kid it's like made sense like why didn't i connect this earlier because he's like the most kind of like boisterous yeah like it's just so
1: intentionally chooses to be a giant cat <laughs> i know that was like
0: when i first started to really get on board with the book was when mm-hmm. the cat stood on his hind legs and like gave money to someone
1: i, know.
2: I don't know it's so fun so
1: funny Money plays a huge part in this book, which I thought was really interesting. There's so many different scenes where somebody in the crew hands out money and then later it becomes like a wine label or a trash or a foreign currency. And then you get in trouble for trying to use it somewhere. And I think that that, that specific thing about the money and also the amount of times in this book where somebody was asked for like identification papers and then there was like a conversation about like, what makes somebody proper, or improper, or real person or not? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. That is the commentary on Soviet Russia. Like that's all just like, you guys just exist in this bizarre bureaucracy that we created and there's so much more to life and not everything in life has to have this like practical explanation. And I really liked that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: oh yeah, <laughs> the the guy who gets turned
0: into a pig it's like yo I'm gonna need a certificate (laughs) to like prove where I was and the cat's like "Hmm, we normally don't do this (laughs) I laughed so hard at that (laughs) so funny especially because you like 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 it comes up later that he was like yeah this is where I was if you're looking for me (laughs) like huh
1: we normally don't do this yeah, there was a lot of just talk about like official paperwork and stuff. Mm. Like when the master is concerned that people are gonna figure out that he like escaped from the hospital, they just oh, like yeah. out his paperwork and toss it in the fire. Well, I, and like no paperwork, no person, and he's like, yeah. okay, like I that. Go
0: ahead. Um, I think it's just interesting how you know at the beginning i kind of got stressed out when they would just roll up and be like okay this is different and it's gone now and then you're screwed because it's not mm-hmm. there
2: mm-hmm. and i think
0: now that you mentioned that i'm realizing that that's like to show that that's how the state is run I'm like
1: exactly <laughs> yeah and um, it doesn't make actual sense yeah. like it makes sense only within the context of the state Yeah, for the sure. of the theme of life and things outside of you know things that like paranormal worlds. It yeah. doesn't make any sense at all, and it can so easily just be changed and overlooked, and it's just a silly construct,
0: yeah, and then I like how it came back later when they were when they were uh springing the master, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. and
0: they're like, yep, we don't like we, they're gone you're yeah. set. they, they like yeah. manipulated it in a way that was like beneficial to the
1: people, yeah, that's true,
0: and I like how it showed too there's a lot of things in this. I felt that it was like two sides of the same coin. different interactions at later points
1: yeah tons of parallels between characters and stuff yeah I really like I think like the last conversation about paperwork and documents and stuff is when two of two members of Wolin's gang go into the like writers club and the woman is the like waitress is like what can I see your like credentials like your paperwork that says that you're writers and they're both just like having paperwork doesn't make somebody a writer like you have no idea what I'm writing up in my mind right yeah
0: <laughs> that was hilarious yeah I know I thought it was interesting too how there was that one guy there at the restaurant who like knew what was going on and just dipped
2: yeah <laughs> and
0: he he came he was like mentioned earlier but I didn't like go back and look at who he was or like what happened to him earlier. But I thought that was very interesting that mm-hmm. like their one last like crime spree before they dipped forever I he's like I've, I've seen what's been going on in this town and I know what's about to happen here <laughs> he's like let me go like check on something and then he just leaves <laughs> out the side door
1: that reminds me I and just I wanted obviously- to say Um, the titles of the chapters in this book are so funny. (laughs) It's just like, I've never really paid attention to that kind of thing, but the title of that chapter specifically is really funny. I'm trying to find it now, but it's like. The
0: last adventures of Koroviev and Behemoth. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, as soon as I, after like, before I even read the chapter, I knew it was just going to be a fun time of more shenanigans.
1: and it did not let me down
2: exactly yeah yeah um
1: that's a gem gem of a book definitely one that i will have to reread someday because i definitely didn't get it all
0: yeah for sure um another one of those that you're just exceedingly happy that it got published and like Mm -hmm. exists
1: Mm -hmm. um after all it went through yeah exactly I mean, all the commentary on censorship is so personal to the author because he couldn't get this published because of censorship. Like for years it existed in just like underground literary circles, which is so cool. I'm so excited that it like saw the light of day and I got to read it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I think there is. Oh, uh, what did you think about the whole Pontius Pilate stuff? Because I remember I was shook when I found out that he killed Judas.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Cause I had, yeah. I I reread that whole chapter because I was so confused about yeah. like which was the other character, like his head of his guard. Uh-huh. Especially when he was at the end, he's like, Yeah, I killed him. <laughs> that I'm still kind of confused by that chapter, but I I the Pontius Pilate stuff was very interesting to
1: me. It really was though. Especially he- because
0: sorry, but <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. But like especially that the book ended both before the last chapter and in the epilogue chapter they both ended with the same thing about Pontius Pilate was like the last
1: yeah I really like how every time they go back into a Pontius Pilate chapter that chapter will start with the sentence that like finished the chapter Mm. before it I thought I don't know it was just like clever and fun to read but yeah I the story itself was pretty confusing i do not think i grasped the full meaning of what was going on there and i really need to like look into it more um but what i did really like about it with just like the limited knowledge that i have is like the way that you get to like deep dive into pilot's like consciousness and his regrets and him like coming to terms with morality and compassion and and like the friendship almost that he makes with jesus (laughs) jesus <laughs> like along yeah. the way like the way that they like get this bond and they like need to be reunited that was yeah. so such an interesting spin on it to me and
0: like that's pilot's happy ending just yeah
1: it's walking just walking around
0: talking yeah <laughs> which is it's like, like really you. cool yeah
1: yeah it was super cool just and like I, the companionship that he yeah. learned to have
0: yeah for sure i thought it was interesting how um you know, all, I think there's three different times that like we kind of went to that story and they were mm-hmm. all in different contexts. Mm-hmm. But there was this, like it just based on like how everything was working out, like it shouldn't, it should be like three different versions of the same story, mm-hmm. but it was all, it was as if written from like the sit like pulled from the same text.
1: Yeah, it was like picking up right where it left off, which is so funny because the first time you read it, it's the devil telling it. Yeah. And then at the end when you read, or one of maybe the middle one, it's Margarita reading the Master's book, which is essentially exactly the story that the Devil himself was telling.
2: Yeah, so, exactly. You
0: know,
1: I don't yeah. really know what that means.
0: That's what I was getting at. Yeah, it's interesting, especially and then at the end when like Jesus is like, "Yeah, this guy did good work." He <laughs> got about the Master. Yeah. And it's like. I don't know.
2: Yeah, that was very
0: great. interesting. There's a lot of stuff that like I just didn't know what was what, but it didn't take away from like the enjoyment and the engagement and reading it. Yeah. I would say.
1: Yeah, I really agree. Yeah, it's the type of book that like I think anybody could enjoy, but probably the deeper you research into it, the more you're gonna get out of it.
0: Yeah. And the, like the more impressive it becomes. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It was excellent. Highly recommend.
0: Cool um do you have anything else to say about it any other big points
1: i don't think so i think we touched on everything i wanted to
0: okay i yeah i think so as well i'm sure i'm gonna think of something like after we're done recording because that always happens
1: like a lot of layers like there's that's true said about it
0: yeah um rating and would you recommend
1: i think i'd give it a 4.5 out of 5 okay and, yeah, I would highly recommend it. to readers, like, who don't mind suffering a little bit through, like, outdated language or, like, confusing mix-ups with names and stuff like that. If you are somebody who can handle it and push through, then I would really highly recommend. If that's something that totally takes you out, then
2: probably don't pick it up.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I give it a four out of five. I'm trying to stay away from the half ratings, and I think... <laughs> Is shooting down that way just because like yeah i think most of the first book is all that i had problems with yeah um
1: yeah, i think i could probably give it a five out of five if i learn more stuff yeah. <laughs> maybe objectively it's a five out of five yeah
0: because there, there's that whole thing again of like a lot of this was like as a response to soviet russia yeah. and it's like not having even been to like any anywhere in like in the former you know Mm -hmm. soviet states it's like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: i don't really know exactly you know where how this all fits in but uh yeah i'd say it's that doesn't matter to make it like an engaging and interesting read and and an important read either
1: super important and just so like unique in in like theme and tone and the, and it'll really make you happy. <laughs> really, really, yeah. happy. like it is just fun, and it gives you this perspective on life that I would say the majority of American literature doesn't really touch. Like this feels very unique.
0: That's yeah. That's fair. That's a good point. Um, if you stick with it, it, it becomes very comforting at the yeah. end. I think
1: just, yeah power through and use spark notes
0: yeah I, I, the, like the first few chapters I was like yeah. just bleak and like <laughs> it's like this is off like I was just like putting myself in the shoes of like everyone that this bad stuff was happening to was
2: yeah like,
0: what what would I do <laughs> um so yeah I think that's about all we have for the master and margarita
1: it was a great read. What are we reading for our next book club? Have we decided?
0: Um, we're doing that one that's going to be a Netflix movie. The
1: devil all the time. Yeah.
0: Oh, isn't that out now? Yeah. I've heard not good things, I will say.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> that sucks. But
0: uh, I'm excited to read the book.
1: Really about the book. Okay. Cool.
0: Yeah. I'm excited to read the book and then kind of compare it. I just yeah, mo- we haven't
1: really done like a thriller or horror on the pod yet. So that'll be fun. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that... Uh, I everything everything's everyone said kind of that the performances were really good at least.
1: Well, yeah, I expect completely.
0: Like, which I mean, yeah, it's still it's just very excited for it. It'll be a fun watch, even if it's a good, not a good movie. I don't know. Oh yeah, it definitely. It'll is. be fun.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. I just have like <laughs> this is I I might have talked about this before, but uh-huh. I like I like get this weird sense of pleasure from uh like watching a bad movie <laughs> there's something so satisfying to me <laughs> watching like a bad movie and just like disliking it immensely
2: that is very funny
0: because i guess because like i try to watch mostly good movies yeah so it's like it's like really fun for me when i watch <laughs> something that i can just tear apart that i dislike
2: <laughs>
0: that's so funny but uh so as long as I just don't watch like too many bad movies in a row, then I think it would be kind of like yeah. adds a little more variety. Yeah, like it's
1: but, old. Yeah.
0: Either way, it'll be a fun watch. Um, yes.
1: And next week we're watching, I'm thinking of ending things.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: That'll be such a fun conversation between us. I think.
0: Cool. <laughs> um,
1: bored to it.
0: Next week will also be my birthday.
2: Yay. Happy birthday, <laughs> boy. Woo!
0: <laughs> New decade.
1: It's a big
0: one. is exciting, but like not as exciting as twenty-one. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yes, absolutely. Because it's like you're in your twenties now. It's like a whole different thing. You're like no mm-hmm. longer a teenager. Mm-hmm. But then you still got a year before you can like do anything really.
1: Yeah, just enjoy it because once you turn twenty-two.
0: It oh no. Things are bleak. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that also might be turning to 22 in the middle of the world ending. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> like, <so.
2: laughs>
0: I don't know if that's a universal experience or if, it's
1: just, or
0: if things are just weird or if things have just felt strange lately.
1: Things have felt strange for a long time now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so um, next week is I'm thinking of ending things and then the wrap-up and then Halloween fun spooky october stuff that we'll figure out oh, and decide on.
1: For that.
0: Um, but one of them, one of the things we'll be doing is reading and watching The Devil all the time.
1: Devil all the time. I'm super excited to start that one.
0: Yeah, for sure. I um,
1: really I don't, I haven't read too much like modern horror. So this will be really fun for me, I think. Gotcha
0: yeah so we'll figure that all out whether like we do that the same day like the same week same episode or if we like do two in a row or whatever um we'll decide on that and figure it out as it gets closer yeah in the meantime do you have an album to recommend
1: this week i would like to recommend ginger by brock hampton which is an album you've probably heard of, I bet. <laughs> but if you haven't, I would strongly recommend you listen to it. I just think it is a masterpiece. Like it is such a, I love Brockhampton, like, and I have for a long time, but when Ginger came out, it was like, I feel like it's almost rare that when I love a band, their new album comes out and I love it immediately. But I like loved Ginger upon first listen. It is so good, especially for fall. It has a couple spooky songs, specifically St. Percy, and If You Pray Right, can't recommend them enough. They have been at the top of my fall playlist for a hot minute.
0: Gotcha. I, uh, yeah, I like (laughs) ginger.
1: (laughs) I love ginger. (laughs) So
2: good.
0: I don't know why it didn't really connect with me to some of the other stuff, but. That's
1: that's how I felt about iridescence. Oh, yeah. Ginger, I was like this. Yeah, I
2: don't
0: know. I think I think I should probably just go back and listen all the way through sometime because there's like half of the songs that are like on that that I listen to a lot, and the others don't don't as much. One of
1: my favorite Brockhampton songs are quite a few of my favorite Brockhampton songs are from Ginger.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Um, So mine, I was gonna do MGMT's original album because I've been listening to it a lot, but I remembered that I recommended their first EP not too long ago so i'm gonna yeah. do something different and okay. just because there's a lot of like good albums that have come out like recently that mm-hmm. i've been listening that i've liked um mm-hmm. so i just wanted to highlight some of those okay um so i have three of them that are like fake <laughs> like bands that i like a lot um or i guess artists that i like a lot that released an album the last couple weeks or so mm-hmm. um, the first one is declan mckenna whose new album zeros is out nice um not not quite as good as his first one but still very fun and there's a few songs on there that are really good um so that one's fun the next is um the flaming lips new album is so good
1: it is i love the flaming i've
0: only listened to it like a couple of times so far but i'm already like high high key vibing with
2: it
0: big fan it sounds like a lot of some of their like older stuff that they haven't really done in a while, which I just think is cool how they're like still a big deal after like three decades or however long. But I,
1: They just never cease to impress.
0: Yeah. And, uh, after seeing them live, you know, their live show is insane.
1: That is so cool.
0: Um, and then my last one is one that probably less people would know, but it's okay. by a group from Columbia called, the Meridian Brothers, um, and it's called I think Cumbia Siglos uh 21 or cool. X, it's just XXI, but uh, it's they're a cumbia group, but like electronic.
2: Nice. I don't know,
0: they're so fun, and it's just, it's just all their songs are so like danceable. Um, and this cool. album's very, I don't know, it's just very fun.
2: Good, big Glad fan.
0: <laughs> so yeah. A few more albums than Bargain For. A couple more albums more than Bargain For. But what can I say? Now that <laughs> now that I'm not putting like a few songs into the into a playlist,
2: I
1: can right. just,
0: I can do whatever I want and not have to care about the consequences because there are none.
1: I will say for full transparency, even though I recommended Ginger by Brockhampton, which I do love, the like only thing I've been listening to this week is Norman fucking Rockwell by Lana Del Rey. I don't know why. I just have been so angsty lately.
0: I think and, that's a good fall album too, honestly.
1: Yeah. If you too feel angsty in just like a quiet and dramatic way, I cannot recommend this album enough. It really just gives me like an emotional release to listen to it. And it is so beautiful. Nice. but we've already talked about it. Excuse me. I recommend it again.
0: Yeah, there you go. Just Just got to get it out (laughs) here. (laughs) Nice. Uh, That's completely fine. There are, what are rules, but to break them. (laughs) That's what I'm learning in my Dada class. My Dada class is going insane. (laughs) Kind of. But uh, yeah, that's uh, about it for this week. Thanks for tuning in. Another successful book club. Um, And if you're keeping up and following along, check out. um, Do you know who the author is of The Devil All the Time? Is that what the book is called as well?
1: The Devil All the Time by Donald Ray Bullock.
0: Gotcha. Um, Yeah, so that one. Check it out. And uh, I'll get started on it soon too. I don't know. I might try to squeeze in a book in between that I've been reading. Nice. So we'll see. We'll see what I have time for in between like readings from my like class. Yeah. Being a humanities minor, the books, the reading adds up when you have to read like eight books in a semester for class or something like that.
1: thanks. It's a lot.
0: Um, but yeah. So uh, next week we will be watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things and talking about I'm that. I'm really looking
1: forward to it. I really hope it's good.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm excited to watch it one way or the other.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, that's next week. So tune in then. Um, and thanks for listening to anyone
2: listening. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next week. All right, bye, and bye now.